You're listening to the County Live podcast with me over here. Martin Johnston. Martin Johnston, yeah. And me over here. My brain's gone to mush. <laughs> Mine's about to. Yeah. Me over here, Chris Ridgeway. What, what are you doing with that? <laughs> hey. That is us toasting the league. Yeah. Martin. With some um, top quality champagne. With some top quality champagne that we funded ourselves. Um, it's late this podcast, the week. It's it very is, late, and this. we have to apologise to people who've been waiting for this. Martin. There better be a good reason why this podcast is late this week. There is a very good reason why, you know, this is probably the, the top podcast of the year uh, for us um, after everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks. But I became a granddad this week. You became, well, let's, let's cheers to that cheers. and to the league. And to the league, yeah. So two very good reasons to uh, to say cheers. Uh, yeah, so I've been down in London to visit my son and my new grandson, Eric, Eric Daniel Johnston. Good footballer's name, that. It is, yeah. EDJ. So, yeah, that's why this podcast is late. So, apologies, but hopefully you uh, you understand. But... What a week. What a week. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> it feels like about eight weeks ago. I mean, I don't know how you're feeling. Um, you know, I, just, I was sat at home, listening, you know, listening to the whole game and then the the whole stuff afterwards, and that was a bit of a roller coaster because I was worried that the trophy presentation wasn't going to go ahead and... You know, all that. And then you had the Players' uh, Awards in the evening. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was a messy evening. And then you, and then you, had, you probably had a three-day hangover. <laughs> you probably only just recovered. It's it's weird. I know I'm not the... I know I won't be um, alone when... Uh, I mentioned being in work, you know, during the week uh, and just sitting there focusing on your job, doing the average nine-to-five in the day stuff uh, and just smirking to yourself, just having a little reminder of, you know, three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, nothing's going on, but something just reminds you, and it, you know, you just think back to that day and did the goals that went in on that day. And over the course of the season, um, it's been fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, talking about that game, can you remember much of it now? The only thing I remember about the non-eating game was that it was a horrible game to watch because of the wind. Yeah, it's terrible, wasn't it? Um, another issue that, that arose was because the sheer demand for people trying to listen you know, we, we, we were getting messages. We put it out on Twitter that day. Um, where are you listening from? And we were getting messages from Thailand, from New Zealand, from Australia, from Spain, from America, from London, from all over the world. And and the overwhelming message was Stockport or some variation uh, of. So it, it was absolutely nuts, the, the listenership. And, and as a result, the, the, the online stream struggled uh, and went down a couple of times. Um, so... John Kieran, mid-commentary, um, just kind of pointed at me and went, you go for a minute, and just <laughs> ran off. <laughs> I had no idea where he was going, what he was doing, if he was coming back. Um, and at the same time, I've got to try and commentate on this wind-abrupted game. It, it was it was, um, it was, was funny. Well, it didn't. <laughs> I listened to that whole game and it didn't, it didn't show at all. I didn't realise. But how did you find your first experience of actual commentating? Um, it was okay. <laughs> I, got, I, just, I, I just found myself thinking over and over again, what would John do? So I found myself saying things like, he's got three for company, but you wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Using all the Kieranisms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, uh, that, it, it was okay. I think I, uh, as long as I, as long as I um, didn't commentate on a goal that didn't happen or something, I, I'm all right with that. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy sitting next to, you know, you spend your whole time sitting next to one of the masters, you know, one of the best yeah. in the league, you know, being around forever, knows his stuff inside out and, you know, really, really good at his job. You know, if it was somebody more average, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, probably would have been. A, but then, but so let's look at the, have a quick look uh, before we hear your, because you haven't got an interview with Jim this, yeah. this week as well, even though there's no games to look ahead to until next season, obviously. Um, but just kind of a view of the season as a whole, you found your tweet, your original tweet, and I think you said it even on the first podcast this season. Yeah. You said County would be champions. Yeah. What, what, what was it that gave you that confidence? Um, faith in the gaffer. If I'm completely honest, uh, and I, I stand to be ridiculed by this, and I, I'm not sure how public I've said this in the past, I don't think I have. When Jim first came back for this spell, in my heart of hearts, although I loved what he'd done as a player and a manager, in my heart of hearts, I thought, is this the right decision or is it a passionate one? Um, 
you know, the, the club was in not a good place on the pitch. Um, probably not a great place off it. I'd, I'd never really got involved in that kind of stuff. Um, Jim coming back gave everyone a lift, but I thought, is he going to be able to do this? And, the, you know, five or six games later, I remember questioning myself, thinking, why would you ever question, you know, why would you ever have to see what he's done already? So the first season proper that he had, he put a team together that just missed out on the playoffs. And then the improvement came that he got us into the playoffs, albeit we didn't do much um, in them. And this season, he didn't have any star players. He didn't have a Danny Lloyd. He didn't have a, you know, a, a Lewis Montrose in the middle of the park who was the, a fan's favourite, which you don't always say for defensive midfielders. Um, he didn't have a Jason Oswell, but he he just had a, a team of players that were there for one another. That a lot of them were starting to buy into his tactics. The old cliche about him, Jim Gannon teams coming good after Christmas. Well, a lot of these lads have been together for two years now, so. If, if we've definitely yeah. passed the Christmas phase, if you like, and there was just something in the air. There was no runaway teams like Salford, or Fylde, or Solihull, who you know just pumped bucket loads of money into it from some random investor, um, and they became a little bit of a Frankenstein of a team. Um, it was just back to good old fashioned tactics, fitness. Um, you're, you know, may the best club win, and I, I had faith all the way through that. Our club was the best club, but it wasn't easy. You know, Chorley made a really you know, shout out to Chorley made a really good, as you say, without being a Frankenstein team, without spending loads of money. Yeah. You know, made a, a really good season, and you know, at one time it, it was it was always counted doing the chasing really because because Chorley put put a run together. Probably, you know, momentum such a massive thing in football now. It's not a cliche, is it? It's it's true that their momentum probably came at the wrong time. The county's momentum was just exactly right. Well, I, I heard, I heard, I'm sure I heard someone say there was only 10 days through the course of the season that Chorley weren't top, which is incredible. And I know we've had a little bit of crack with them, you know, on Twitter since our game with them and what's happened, what's transpired since then. But I, I don't bear any ill feeling towards Chorley. No, you it's know, just, it's, it's banter. Yeah. Um, and they, they have done incredible things this season but we said we said a, f- a few games in when they were going on that monstrous run and we said okay fair enough they've they've got it now um but to have that all season and to have that when the crunch time comes it's pressure all the way it's pressure you know if you're only on top of the league for two or three weeks it's pressure and that's at sunday league level or at saturday league level let alone you know going into the realms of semi and professional football so um, they had to handle that. They had to cope with that. Uh, and I just always suspected it'd be, be a bit of an ask. But then, of course, you look at other teams who threatened. Bradford threatened for a while. They went top. Spennymore came came good for a while. Um, Brackley were always there or thereabouts. Um, by the way, I've got to say, I'm absolutely yeah, something else to toast. Something else to toast to. No Brackley next season. <laughs> um, which is incredible news. Yeah, but, talking to bogey teams. Yeah. yeah. Big old swig to Brackley not going up. Um, yeah, no, no, you know, Charlie will will probably, you know, if you look at the form guide, they'll they'll probably go on to win it. It's between them and Spennymore now. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting who who goes up. I don't mind Charlie. I don't mind Spennymore. Spennymore gave us one of the highlights of the season. So from a romance point, it'd be quite nice to see them go up. But um, ultimately, uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the score next week, and, and we'll see what happens. And we uh, content, hashtag content packed tonight. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Jim in a second, but uh, Matthew, who works in the studio, uh, tireless work every Saturday in the studio, week in, week out, like us, doesn't get paid, just does it for the love of radio and the, you know, and to be associated with this great club. He's put a great little highlights package together, so we're going to hear that as well. Yeah, we. Sh- in fact, let, I want to dedicate just a, a minute to Matthew because a lot of people won't know him by name, if they, you know, avid listeners will know that he was on, he, he comes on the show before County doing the, what used to be called the County Years. Um, and then now, you know, he, he since called it High School Hits and you have to guess the year. As a presenter, you know, I looked at, at me, you, John and Matthew, put all together. I, I would, and I 
then I will feel it towards you. Are you all right? Or do you want to say this? He was probably the, the best presenter. He was. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, very. He's a natural radio presenter. Very knowledgeable. Uh, very passionate about what he does, and the fact that he's done the all season um, in the studio with no airtime other than coming on, you know, to just to sit in a box and listen to County and press all the buttons. Without him, the show doesn't tick. So um, it's not just from us. I think the County fans owe him a. You know, who, who've been listening to, you know, all those people who listen in all those different countries wouldn't do it if it wasn't for him. So thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is Chris's interview with Jim to uh, kind of round off the season. Well, Jim, the final Thursday evening of the season. Um, and what a season it's been. I want to start by, not by looking back like we normally do, obviously not by looking forward, but I want to start by thanking you as a fan. Um, one of the proudest moments I've ever witnessed at Stockport County this season, culminating our way on it. So I want to thank you for, for guiding that. It really means a lot. Looking back now, the dust has settled and you've you've started to read the papers and see all the reaction. Has it, has it started to sink in yet? Yeah, um, obviously it's um, it's been a fantastic journey, a fantastic climb. Um, and you, you can't get a better climax than the game on Saturday where so many fans are able to enjoy it and... Um, pitch invasion, the celebrations, and then the evening that was to follow, you know, with the end of season awards. But, and, and, and like what you've just done, uh, I think I've got so many young fans who are just smiling from ear to ear, but lots of older fans have come up to me and just given me the most sincere thanks for everything we've done this season in the last three years to bring pride back to the club and, and, and to start us moving up the league and out of this division. And I think that, I'm really, really grateful for their appreciation and that's the, the, the biggest reward I could get. Was it ever in doubt going to the Nuneaton game? How how did you feel when you woke up that morning and you were on the journey down there? How was how were the nerves? How were the how was the confidence? No, I slept really well and uh, we prepared very well. Um like any team we, we thought we've got to be careful of this. They've got a long throw, they've got strong, powerful players on set plays. Um we need to protect against that. Um, but we also knew that if we kept asking questions, they're not a team that keeps a clean sheet. Um, they like, like to manage games, they like to slow the game down. And when we got to their place, um, you then realise that there's this really strong wind. And I think probably one of the most important things of the day was that we won the toss and played with the wind and create the momentum to get the get the tails up, get the goals, get the confidence and, and maybe take a little bit of a sting out of Nuneaton. And uh, we did that. Uh, but when the second half came, I thought we played really well into the wind and uh, managed the game really well. Lots of really good performances on the day. And I think everybody, you could see from everybody, they were all tuned in, concentrating, determined, but with a, a very controlled professional edge, totally disciplined, totally focused. And I was really pleased with the performance. It was very professional, great result. And obviously just epitomise what they've been about all season in, in the other 41 games. Is it that discipline that you speak of? We we were mentioning it uh, continually in commentary that the players talking to one another, self-managing on the pitch. Is it that discipline, do you think, that's made you the proudest this season? You can talk about good goal scorers, well-taken strikes, etc., etc., but the discipline is the one consistent that has been running throughout. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, obviously, people know what I, I like my how I like my teams to play, and we've seen all sorts of shenanigans this year about kicking balls into corners and time wasting and game management and I think we're, we're not about that we and and um you know if we we talk about a few things we've been on the school tours recently I've been at Neverall today in St George's and and obviously there's messages there for the young lads they'd love to see the trophy they'd love to see a team but there's messages there because there was a time in the stage in the season where we were 12th but we didn't lose confidence ourselves we didn't lose heart we 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 believed in what we were doing and we, we you know we had a can do mentality kept working hard and grew and grew um and i think we were also talking never roll today about the respect side of things and it's just sort of it just reminded me that we've we've shown quality and persistence but we've been very respectful this year you know we've again for another year we've not no dissent no no cards for dissent no cards for foul and abusive language um uh by far the best fair play team in the league and it just shows you that you can play the game in the right way and have a lot of respect for everything in the game and still come out on top as the champions. So just finally on the National League North then, before we begin to look up and move forward, the playoffs ongoing at the moment, give us a prediction. 
Well, tough one. Um, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it's a lottery. Um, a, a fantastic game between Oldsham and Blythe and, and I've got a lot of respect for both managers and I was heartbroken for, for Arnold Armstrong but delighted for Phil Parkinson the way he set his team out but a brilliant advert for the National North and the quality <laughs> that's within the National North. Um, but for, my, for me, I think it's, uh, it's always tough to play a game on a Wednesday with extra time and penalties and then go away on a Sunday to a team that's finished second in the league. Um, spending more they're in good form and they're a strong side of going to Brackley. You couldn't call that game. Um, my heart suggests that it'll go with the, the seed in the form, the second will win, third will win, and then I think it'll be Chorley. And um, if I was, if I asked, somebody asked me to put money on, I'd put it on Chorley. But I also, a little part of me thinks Chorley deserved to go up like last year with, um, you know, we had Salford and Harrogate were all the way with them um, and Harrogate, probably deserve to go up. They had to win the playoffs, but again, it's one of them where you just can't call because on the day, uh, Spennymore has shown they've beaten Chorley. Uh, Alton have shown a couple of weeks ago that they can beat Chorley. Chorley beating Brackley, so very tough one to call, but um, I'm glad we're not involved in that. Um, uh, uh, for me personally, I'd love to go to see more of those games, but uh, uh, I think I'm going to take myself off to the National League games and just see what uh, the successful teams are doing in the National League. So let's focus on the division that County are moving into then. Do you relish the opportunity now that you can move up a level in terms of your management and who you're going to compete against and who you're going to put your teams out against? Do you look forward to that challenge? Yeah, um, very much so. And I think uh, if you ask all my players and, and all of our fans, they, you know, they'd be excited about some of the games that were going to be played, kind of um, coming up against professional teams every week and Hopefully they're excited by travelling up and down the country and playing in all sorts of different stadiums. Uh, it's going to be a great experience. I've, I've managed at this level before. Um, what I've done over the last couple of weeks, a couple of days, is uh, try to speak to as many managers as I can in the national about their experiences. Um, I think there's some great lessons for us to learn, such as Halifax, who went up as a part-time side and made a transition to a full-time side. Harrogate, who went up um, and carried on with the same squad. Uh, by and large, apart from one or two players. And then, you know, even uh, speaking to the York manager about Gateshead experiences when they had to kind of strip it back down and go very young. And um, and they're all different experiences. And, you know, obviously speaking to Paul about the experiences at Macclesfield and what Macclesfield have done, just trying to see how we can marry what we are with what can be successful at that level. Um, because we want to compete effectively at that level and continue to grow and move forward. Um, but we are res very respectful of the league. It's a tough league. There's teams there with big budgets, uh, you know, big crowds, um, and they've been in that position for a long time, working really hard to get in amongst the, the successful spots of the division. Uh, so it's going to be a tough, tough year ahead for us. And um, like I said, as long as we have the, the courage and faith and the quality and professionalism what we've had this year and we carry that forward and we all stick together, I think we'll have a very good season. You mentioned the travelling up and down the country. Do you see that as one of the bigger challenges of next season? The players are going to have to get used to further away trips. There's going to be, uh, I imagine, a few overnight stopovers coming up next season. Is that one of the big challenges you're going to have to focus on? Uh, it's one of the, the one of the big challenges that we're having within the negotiations with players and staff who uh, perhaps got jobs. And um, you know, we have to be keenly aware that we may be facing nine or ten away games uh, overnights. Um, you know, it's a geographical challenge when you look at um, the Dovers, the Torquies, the Hartlepools, and um, there's no Manchester clubs apart from perhaps Salford if they remain in this division. Um, so there's a lot of travel involved. Um, I think uh, last year we had some some really uh, good experiences. Uh, I think last year we introduced our first pre-match meals when we started to go to Blythe and Spennymore and Herefords and Brackleys, and I think that's been a, a good success and added to the professional feel of what we're doing. And I think we've had, um, I think we had three overnights or three long trips um, last year with the Oval, Barnet, and uh, Maidstone. Uh, so we've had experience of overnights Friday on a Saturday game and a midweek Tuesday game. And I think in all those games that we performed really well because we did everything right and professional. The lads travel well, um, but again, it's a, it, it's all part of the process of, um, you know, I'm perhaps myself and only one or two other people who work at the club, remember what Stockport County like was as a full-time side and all this was common practice and 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 I think we've, the standard in 
uh, the, the the national now in terms of uh, how contracts are prepared and the rules and regulations. Um, all is so much more professional and in line with what's in the professional leagues or the football league. So uh, as a club, it's going to be great because we're going to step up a level in terms of professionalism and how we prepare for games. And that's part of the progress that we need to make now as we move on the journey back to the football league. And I know it's summer, although the, the weather might try and convince us otherwise. It's summer now for Stockport County, but has the work already started for you for preparation? I think the, the, the work for next season um, started years ago in terms of what we put into our players and um, you know the players that we've contracted for next season um, is all part of the process of preparing for next season um, and uh, obviously we've sat down with quite a lot of lads and, and made our offers and we're, uh, we'd like to keep the majority of the squad going forward um, I think they've been a very successful group uh, I think the performances in as champions and the performances against high level operations give me confidence that as a group they can compete I think they've They've earned that right to be representing this club at the highest level, um, you know, and, and stepping up. And uh, I think a lot of them are really, really relishing that. Some have got experience of it, uh, you know, more than you probably realise have played at a high level. And um, I'm, I'm quietly confident they'll equip themselves really well. We know we need to, if players go, that we need to add one or two. We need to keep the squad strong. We need to be looking at loans. We, we perhaps are more attractive to a certain start type of player now. Um, so it's exciting times. Um, a lot of work, like I said, has already been done and uh, the preparations are already in place. And what I need to do now is over the summer is just make sure that we put a really good group of people together, staff and players, get everything organised, more professional, and then have a good idea about who we're facing and to make sure that we give ourselves every chance of winning these games. Are you going to find any time for a holiday? No, no, I think you always, um, you, know, if, if, you know, with a young family, you always find time. Um, you know, there, there's always, football's always on your mind. I mean, when I was asked at Dundalk whether I was a part-time or a full-time manager, I said, when you're a manager, you're all-time. Um, and, and, and any part-time or full-time manager will tell you that. But there, you do have to learn how to, to switch off and, and, and step down. And I think for me, it's always been sort of the half-term. When the kids are off holiday, it's time to go away and have a holiday. I think my family would like to go away and have an exciting, fun fact. I'd like to go away for an almost a retreat type holiday and recharge my batteries but it's hard with three young children that want to explore everything and do everything but no I'll I'll, I'll, in, I'll enjoy my break um, I, I was you know like everybody else I'll have had me tired moments last year and, and I realised I put a lot of energy into last year and there's a lot of energy going to have to be put into next year but I'd like to think I've got a great capacity for that 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 work and that work and and for me it's um it's a labour of love because as soon as we won the national north I'm excited about the prospect and that we're we're now at a stage where we can really compete effectively for the football league and and that's a challenge and and, and work that I'm really looking forward to. Well, Jim, it's been a long old season. Thank you for speaking to us all the way through it and enjoy your summer. Thank you very much. So. Chris, apparently Jim is already doing his homework, which is no surprise at all with everything we know about him. Yeah. Even, I think even if he uh, even if he didn't wasn't managing anymore and he'd had enough. I, think yeah. <laughs> I don't think he, he's ever I mean look at the times what I'm trying to say is his love of football as a game. He's he's never gonna have had enough. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that much before. The times when we've talked before and after interviews with him and we've not got home till like half eleven because he's talking about <laughs> telling us about some game when he managed Motherwell and how they nearly beat Celtic and kind of explain it in detail and how he approached that game and stuff like that. Yeah, he um no he you know he's He's, he's, he told us there that he was going to go and watch the games. He's, I believe he's been spotted in a couple of pictures doing the rounds of him uh, on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Um, you know, he's, I said it, say it again, we're, we're lucky to have him as a manager, um, that he can come over and raise the standards of the players um, and of the fans. I think the, the fans, have, I think county fans think a little bit more now because of hearing those interviews with him and hearing him talk about his tactics and his strategies and, you know, they've learnt, come to learn the game of football from a club's perspective a little bit more when you have to think about travel and diets and, you know, um, backroom staff and what they do and assistant managers and travel and everything else that, that comes along with it. The fact that he's just given us a bit of an insight into all um, his credit to the man. And you, <laughs> like you say, he's, he's clearly passionate about it. And I think that's radiating upwards into the fans. 
So we've got uh, some more content as well. We've got um, we've got somebody here with us tonight. My friend Bill's joined us. Hi, Bill. Hi, uh, <laughs> Bill. Um, Bill worked for the Stockport Messenger as a sports editor. Sports ed- was the sports editor of the Stockport Messenger um, back in the day. Come and sit down. Come massive sit down. team of one. A massive team of one. So he's got a few stories from back in the day. So can you can you remember what what year you started? What year you started covering county? Ninety two, ninety three, I think. Okay. And what can you remember any any games that particularly ha- stand out? Obviously, you say you went to Wembley three times for county. No, twice. I twice. Think. Okay. It, yeah, it was just an amazing time. Because um, I used to go to county as a kid. I used to go to city on Saturday and county on a Friday, which quite a lot of us did. And the catalyst for that was some of me being manager. And I think George Best played a couple of games and he brought in George Armstrong, I think, from Arsenal. And so you always keep an eye out for Stockport's results, you know. And then I was starting out as a journalist and uh, I was doing match reports for the Sunday Times and different papers and stuff. And the job came up for the Stockport Messenger Sports Editor. So I went in and um, I was the only one who went for the job and I got it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Tight one yeah. thing. <laughs> no, it was, it was good fun. It was a really good learning learning curve. And um, so obviously you have, you've got... Danny B. Danny, Danny B. Danny, lots of Danny B memories and lots of Jim Gannon as a player. He, he was memories. A, yeah, well, Danny was a massive influence on my career. So I was working for Sunday Times, but I was also working for 90 Minutes, which is a football magazine that doesn't exist anymore, but it was quite a big deal back in the day. And so I said, do you want an interview with Stockport County's manager? Because I was freelancing. And um, they said, Stockport County's manager? Not really. So I interviewed him for the paper anyway. And it's one of those interviews when you go in and normally you get 10, 20 minutes, but you can see I was a young kid trying to make my way. Maybe an hour and a half. And I don't know if they've still got the same little manager's place in the, it's in the same place. It was all like wood-lined. There's a picture of uh, his brother shaking hands with Pelé on there. His brother was a player, the other guy. And uh, he just took the chapter and verse through. And never been in the presence of someone who knew so much about football. He's just a lovely man. First time I heard the phrase, if my auntie had bollocks, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and various other things, which were just brilliant coming out of it. You're all crying. And um, you need ugly players. It was another one of his. And so I wrote it up and sent it in 90 minutes. went, this guy's brilliant. Yeah, well, we'll definitely run that. And he run it a full-page feature interview with him, which uh, didn't really get counting in national precedent. So, and then he always looked out for me, you know, and gave me plenty of tips. I don't think he got on with the evening news guy at the time. So he always used to give me little tips before then. So that was nice. He's good. It's like a father figure came kind of weird way. So, like many, many players, you know, he, he gave good you team, a start. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he did give you a start. And I've always thought there was a book out about him a few years ago, Phil Brennan's book. Yeah, yeah. I helped him out with that. And yeah, it's a good team that. There's uh, Kevin Francis, of course, and Andy Priest, um, Jim, obviously, and Beaumont, and a little fullback, Lee Todd, who I always rated. Um, I think like Kevin Francis was, I was doing another interview at the time with a guy who's really famous in America, then and now, with John Amici, who's an NBA basketball star. Mm. And I think he's one of the first guys to come out as a professional yeah, basketball was, player. Yeah, he yeah. At that time, he's from Stockport, and at that time, he was getting mobbed. He was on, you know, he's one of those highly sought after young basketball players in the States. He's at college over there. And he was getting mobbed at the airport. Um, I can't remember which state he was playing for, at which college. And um, he used to have to get security to give him access away from customs and all that kind of stuff. But when he came back to Stockport, his hometown, no one knew who he was, apart from a few kids who thought he was Kevin Francis. Because <laughs> <laughs> there not many six foot nine black fellas in Stockport, which he thought was hilarious. And then I remember sitting down to him talking to him, and then he was going, I've got to meet this Kevin Francis guy. I don't know if Kevin Francis even knows this day. If you ever remember, Kevin was at the John Amici. Now it was a great team, that was. And of course, the, the uh, Amici Centre in basket in Manchester now has done so much for basketball in the city. So fair play to him. And then, and you were telling us before uh, we started recording about Ted Critchley as well. Yeah, not a lot of people may have heard of Ted Critchley, but um, he played for County and then he went to Everton. Big deal, you might think. But this was in the 1920s and when Dixie Dean was breaking all the records for scoring goals, he was the winger who was putting the ball over for him. And, uh, you know, he was really quite a famous player back in the day. And I think it was 94, 95, Stockport to Everton in the FA Cup. And I was struggling for a lead. I was just wondering if any Everton 
or Stockport Connections. And the editor, John Lever, uh, said, uh, oh, my uh, my granddad played for Stockport at Everton. Uh, okay. When? I think it might be the 60s or the 50s or something. He said, oh, 1920s, you've heard of Dixie Dean, haven't you? So, okay, yeah, it's all with the story. He, I said, well, would you give it a chat? He said, well, I'd hope so. He's my granddad. So we went to see him in his home. He said, oh, you'll probably get 10, 15 minutes with him. He gets easily tired these days. He was in his 90s then. And... Um, Anyway, about 45 minutes, an hour, and she left after about 20 minutes. I'll leave you to it. And uh, he had fond memories of County. I think he might actually have tipped County to win that. And it was quite close to one thing, wasn't it? Drew yeah. at Goodison and then... Yeah, we lost those in Last minute, was it? Yeah. 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 yeah so I cover some great games there. I'm going to cover the game at Wigan once. And the Wigan at Springfield Park. The press box was so close to the edge of the stadium you could only see one of the goals. <laughs> so you have to lean out the front and say, "What happened there, mate?" And he say, "Oh, he beat a couple of players, put it over." You know, you'd have to trust them to tell you the truth. That's nothing. When we were, when we were at Chorley the other week, John Kieran had to commentate on one side of the pitch and I had to commentate on the other because we were in Poland in the middle of us. And one of the, and you um, one of your best stories from the press box this this year. You actually got assaulted while on air. Oh, Where was that? Hereford. Uh, Hereford. Yeah. Um, so John, uh, John will back me up on this. Um, we were in the in the in the press box doing the rounds, and the the, the press box at Hereford is um, you're sort of surrounded by the corporate guests of, of Hereford, and so they're all having the jolly. They've got nothing to play for, but Stockport County are in town, so it's a it's a big game. Um, so they, they've had the jolly, and, and after half time. They've come out at halftime, they're 2-0 down. They're not expecting much, so they've got on the wine at halftime. They'd actually snuck a couple of bottles of wine out between them and they were passing it round. Um, anyway, so Hereford score and it's 2-1 and all of a sudden all these guys are turning round and letting me and John and Sam Byrne know just what they think of us, <laughs> which is fine. You know, you, you get that from time to time. But then Hereford go and get the equaliser and it, I don't know if I don't know if either of you watched The Walking Dead, but when, when the when the barriers break, Big fan. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it when was, there's a herd, yeah, it was kind of like <laughs> that. And um, one guy in particular jumped through, and he tried to grab um, he, the, the the microphones that we wear, their headphones with with a microphone that joins off them and comes comes on the side of your face. So he he tried to grab this microphone to scream into it, um, but while he did that, he grabbed the scruff of my neck and and pulled me around a little bit, which. You and this is while you're on air. While we're on air. Um, you know, and uh, you, you can't really allow for that to happen. So I took my headset off uh, and grabbed this fella and just have a, had a polite little word with him. Um, put him back down, put the headset and, and carried on the game. Uh, and all the drive home, John Kieran was was telling me, he thought when the headset came off, he thought he, thought he was going to have front row seats to a, a first round knockout. But um, no, it didn't happen. They were just getting too excited. The, the 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 game finished to all, and while I'm a bit gutted doing the roundup, I've got about three or four of them trying to shake my hand to say it was just banter. I thought not for me, it wasn't. <laughs> so you're having a gal back, yeah. it? but um, yeah, uh, all fun and games. Before we you sign off, then Bill, can you beat that? Any other press box stories? Doesn't have to be counted. Uh, give us a bit of colour. Well, one of the best press boxes was at, um Yeah, I will give you a press box story. One of the best ones was at Port Bay which was actually a shed. When I say a shed, I mean a B&Q shed <coughs> with a window cut in it, with a ladder, with no self an actual ladder that you had to climb to the top of the stadium to get to. <laughs> I remember doing Shrewsbury Northampton, and it was for the Independent. And the deal was that if Northampton scored, if Northampton, if Northampton didn't win, they were going to be relegated out of the league. It's just quite a big deal. I think Matthew Engel from The Guardian is a big Northampton fan and there was a few people in the press box. It was my first big break. I'd been on the list for like two years to get a break. And I was the only one in there with a laptop. This is how long ago that was. It was all the old boys with the pen and pad and shorthand and all the rest of it. And uh, of course, there was no plug socket, was there? And the battery life was about 15 minutes, which only dawned on me. At half time, because at half time they said, if Shrewsbury win, we're not going to run the piece. We'll pay you for going. Uh, no, sorry, Northampton win. Anyway, they were losing. 
and Steve McKenzie scored. He played for uh, he's played for City, and uh, he came back. And when that Northampton goal went in, which means I didn't have to foul the piece, which I hadn't written, that was probably one of my greatest moments. I <laughs> 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 would have been in a world of pain. But at half time, they used to bring you. They brought you a cup of tea and the best scones, jam and cream. Oh, it's fantastic! Lovely place. Really. There you go. Um, so before we sign off for this season, Chris, it's probably um, we need to do the Clives, really. So we need to do a couple of awards. Tell me, firstly, your favourite goal. My favourite goal this season, there's been two goals. This is incredible. I go to 98% of the games, and the two best goals of the season, I think, were two games that I wasn't at. <laughs> uh, Frank Mulhern on Boxing Day against Altrincham, um, which I think won the official goal of the season where he brought down a ridiculous over half a length of the pitch pass from Paul Turnbull, done a touch that Thierry Henry had put on his mantelpiece uh, and dinked it over the keeper. Um, there's another one, Frank Mulhern against Southport, where Scott Duxbury's given him the layoff and he's just stepped over the ball, left the, left the defender going for a bag of chips uh, and smashed it into the back of the net. For me, those two are fantastic goals, but I feel like I can't give them because I wasn't there to see it. What was your favourite that you saw then? The favourite that I saw um, wasn't a particularly special goal in the sense that there was there was no taking it around three or four players, there was no um, bravado. It was just an old-fashioned, there's my whole laces behind it, size 10, pick that out. If you get in the way, you're going in with it. Uh, Niall Bell against Leamington. And the reason that it was so special, the goal was an absolute thunder bullet um, for, a, for a start, but... It was after that. This is a kid who's fairly young, fairly new to the whole big club experience. Um, and the fact that he's on cloud nine, walking around because he's just scored a goal like that in front of the Chile end. Um, we grabbed him for an interview after the game, brought him down to the press area. And uh, he was just in amazement that he'd scored the goal. And then the press were after him and he was walking around and you know his phone was ringing and all the rest of it. And that was quite a moment. So uh, I, I actually told him that story. I told him that I, I, when, when we were having a, um, a couple of uh, lager shandies after the um, after the after the awards do the other night. I told him that story. That was a special moment for me because it was a special moment for him. So uh, that that wins it for me. That wins the the, the Clive for me. There's a lot of gone into that one. Uh, and your Clive for the worst moment of the season. Hereford. When the, when the zombies got through the gate, <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, the the worst moment I think you you probably think filed in the FA Trophy, well, that was pretty low. But well, the way, it, yeah, I mean, it was great match for the you know one of the few games that I attended this season. Great match for the for the neutral. I'm, I'm not saying I'm neutral, but I'm just saying yeah. that it was an amazing game. What happened in the last five minutes? Um, it was an incredible roller coaster. So pales yeah. into insignificance, though. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you'd said. You know, that day, you know, would you rather go to Wembley or would you rather win the league? You'd have taken it at the yeah, start of the it. season, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, give us, as a final Clive then, uh, the obvious one, who's your player of the season? Um, it's such an incredible, incredibly difficult question because we said at the top of the show there was no star men, there's no standout, there's no George Best who you referenced before, there's no... Eric Cantona, there's no whatever club who has that standout player for the course of the season. You know, you, you look at Matty Warburton, who's scored a lot of goals, but Frank Mulhern scored a lot of goals, now Bell scored a lot of goals. Sam Walker, defensive midfielder, got into double figures. So you, you could go with any of them. You could go with Ben Hinchliffe, um, who was John Kieran's argument for player of the season, but he didn't want to give it to the keeper when you've just won the league and had one of the best defensive records. So it almost sounds like he's not had a lot to do. So, um, it, Take your pick for player of the season. Uh, me personally, I'm going to go with um, Sam Walker. Sam had a difficult first season with County, I think it's fair to say. Um, shipped out on loan. He, he was in the awful position of coming on as a sub then being hauled off in the same game. He, then a week later, he was subbed off in the first half. You know, terrible beginning to his County career. And the fact that he's now probably one of our most important players, says to me, what a journey you've been on, kid. Uh, you can have the player of the season for me. We should mention a Clive is County Live. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. County Live. Yeah. It's not named after 
Can you remember a Clive that played for County? Hmm. Clive. I can only think of Clive Allen as a footballer. Any other Clives? Clive, Clive. Be- Clive Best, wasn't it? I can think of Clive Woodward, but uh, <laughs> venturing completely off track there. Yeah, so the Clive for the County Live Award for Player of the Season from Hughes for Sam Walker. Yeah, I think we've got a final no context, Ridgeway, um, which Dan Powell has had some um, input into this week. He wants to rename um, the, does the, he? the feature, which Don't is interesting. Think he is. Well, he came up with the original name of No Context Ridgeway, but he wants to go with Chris Bits. <laughs> which, um, <laughs> Sounds like a terrible maze-based snack. Well we'll, well, we'll put a vote out over the summer. Um, there is actually a poll up on Twitter at the moment about who do we want to go up. Um, but I put a few polls up on Twitter in this last week about who we want to go up, what was goal of the season. And the fourth option in every vote is don't care, Championis. <laughs> and <laughs> unsurprisingly, that's winning again. That's always winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we should, we should, so we should thank them. We should thank the contributors over the course of the season. Yeah. We should say next season, Sam Byrne and Chloe Beresford are going to join us um, within the setup. Indeed. Um, so welcome to those guys. Look forward to that. Um, thanks to Dan. As ever. He's still filming, you know. Dan Powell is still at Edgerly Park filming now. That what a hero. Him. I told you, not all heroes wear capes. No, but he does. But, he, he but does a lot of them cape. wear cagoules. He's, he, wears, he wears a cagoule and a cape. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, made, he's made his own cape out of bed sheets. So super <laughs> Dan on it. And just, can I say one thing? We don't very often do this, but if you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, uh, consider that and get in touch on, uh, on Twitter or any other, in any other, other ways. What's been your favourite moment of the season? My favourite moment of the season was uh, during the uh, the file game. I recorded you when Ash Palmer scored, <laughs> <laughs> and you literally couldn't believe it. you like you're like a, I've still got the video like a, a fish standing up. <laughs> <laughs> you you couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? You're like a fish on the bank that's just been pulled out, but standing up with your headset on. Looking out, I'm like, no, I'm just like, you didn't know whether to look at the fans or look at the players. That was my favourite moment of the season. Yeah, it was a hell of a moment. Um, speaking of Ash Palmer, he's put stuff on social media, which we won't reference yes, because it's not, not fair. Referencing that, it's, not, no. it's not fair on Dan Cowan if we no, reference yeah. it. We're toast up Dan Cowan for his appearance in, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> put, the, put, put the ball away, Dan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been a great season. Here's the next season. Yeah, here's to the next season. So, We'll sign out with some No Context Ridgeway. We're then going to go into Matthew's clip, um, which um, will be our final note for the season. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this season. And if this 10 minutes of audio doesn't bring a tear to your eye, then you're not human. Good night. Good night. Sorry. Well, <laughs> of all the safety announcements I thought I was going to hear, <laughs> flash bulbs was not the one I was expecting, to be honest. It's an offence to use. And of course, as soon as that said, the county fans have lit up torches on their mobile phones. That was so predictable it's untrue I cannot believe they've made that announcement the county fa- it's like being at a Barry Manilow concert I, I believe I, I've never been obviously you know I can't smile without it's currently Stockport County 2 Curzon Ashton no you're going to have to excuse me I've just quick time run up the stairs to try and get back here in time a little out of breath just showing why I am not a footballer but these guys are finding it hard to do anything Chorley nil, Spennymore nil, up in the northeast. Oh. Excuse me, that was some running. Just trying to cover for Imagine Radio here. Oh. Just got to get the old breath up. it over the top of the home defence for Bell to run onto. He's got there ahead of the goalkeeper. Can he finish? It's now Bell. He squares it for Kirby. Jake Kirby has given County the lead early in this second half. Maidstone nil. Stop for County one. Craig Marn has been named the home man of the match as a shot comes in. Six. This is their six. What a strike.
strike from Jordan Keane, 25 yards from goal. And the Hatters have made it six of the best. I cannot believe what I'm watching here. Here at Edgerley Park today, delighted to say we're joined on the radio by Joe Donovan, Tom Ogden uh, and Charlie Salter of Blossoms. We're just doing a quick photograph. Good <laughs> boys. Well uh, very good afternoon to you. Of course, the FA Cup action is here today, but the talk of the town has been Blossoms coming to Edgerley. It's something we've always wanted to do, do you know what I mean, was play here. And we said it sort of jokingly when we first started out, like imagine doing a gig here, because there's never been a gig here before. So for us to actually sort of do it and sell it out so fast was, do you know what I mean, we're absolutely buzzing with it. I'm Will she love me? I'm still seeing honey sweet. Darren Stevens has planted himself on the end of the wall. It is Sam Walker! <laughs> what a goal! Sam Walker has bent that around the wall. And County, from 2-0 down, find themselves 3-2 in front with one of the sweetest free kicks you will ever see. And I go back and show Hardy can thread it into the box. This is the chance Fylde have been waiting for. It's Phyllis Kirk. It's saved by Ben Hinchliffe. As news comes in that the attendance is over 6,000. 6,064 in this ground this afternoon. I want to know if this road Darren Stevenson making inroads down the inside left. He's got the pace to get in behind Meppen Walter. It's Stevenson to square it. Oh, what a miss from Warburton. He was two yards from goal. Warburton. He's got three for company, but he, you wouldn't know it. He works the ball brilliantly to Kirby. Kirby down the inside right, crosses to Warburton! And that has exercised the Demons! County with two goals to the Nash's nil. Now then, we are hearing more dramatic news at the moment. This could be decisive. I can tell you. Come on. County are back on top of the league. What an atmosphere inside this ground now. What a turnaround. And it's a goal that hasn't even been scored here. Spennymore 1, surely nil. magical feeling I've never had a feeling like that before and then it kind of that it dawns on you that everything's changed so dramatically all that despair and disappointment of the previous two games is gone and you sat top of the league with one game to go and uh, I'm just grateful that we're in a position now where we're heading into Saturday knowing that everything we achieved this season which includes the greatest prize is all in our own hands. So to Chris, to Aram and to Jackson, listening in Western Australia today, a very good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for joining us. I say good afternoon, it's probably the middle of the night there. The roar you can hear, Chris Ridgway, is to tell you that the players are on their way out. Yeah, good day, mate, to everybody who's listening, <laughs> wherever in the world you are. Stockport County and an Eaton take to the bar. The blue and white team tonight, uh, today with the blue and white shirts. 
blue shorts and blue socks. That's not eaten today, as I'm sure wow. you've seen on the Stockport County uh, website and Facebook and Twitter channels. Is of course County playing in that lime green aluminous shirt with, of course, for George uh, printed on the back in honour of George Hayes. Nine minutes to go to the break, still nil-nil here on Imagine, a county corner, left-footed in-swinger, towards the far post, and Palmer has scored yet again for Stockport County. The Hatters have got the title in their hands. It's come from a corner, Ash Palmer the goal scorer, and six years of pain starting to ease here at Nuneaton this afternoon. It's Nuneaton Borough nil, Stockport County 1. Elsewhere, Chorley won a piece against Bradford, but here's Warburton! Yeah. What a goal from Matty Warburton! He has smashed that into the back of the net. What a great time to get the second goal. And Stockport County surely now are marching to the National League. Cometh the man, cometh the hour. Matty Warburton skips inside the 18-yard box, puts his foot right through it, and look at that jubilation. There's no screams of relief this time. Just air punching to the crowd, getting with them. Matty Warburton has led Stockport County again. It's the same goal scorers as last weekend. County lead two goals to nil. Been a remarkable season for Stockport County. As Adam Thomas yes! left footed, what a strike from Adam Thomas. The ball dropped kindly for him. He hit it with his left foot just inside the penalty area. The goalkeeper, absolutely no chance. 77 minutes gone, and the Hatters have made it 3 0. He blows the whistle, it's all over, County are up, the Hatters are promoted, six years of pain is over, we are on our way to the National League, Stockport County are champions. Uh, Jim, how proud, how proud are you today? Well, I was, uh, I, was proud the, the, I was proud the day I came into the club as a manager for the third time, but... Um, I think the word that sums up really helped. I'm just really pleased. There's so many people that have stood through this club for many, many years, and um, it's just a great day um, for so many people to be here and to be able to enjoy this. Um, my pleasure is giving them pleasure, and uh, the lads have done us proud today. They've been professional. Um, we played the game really, really well, and uh, um, just, just it's a great day for the club.